0: What I say to people that are asking like 40 different nurses for their opinions is to stop doing that and kind of go within and listen to what do you want? Do do you want to work in a specialty? Maybe you don't even know what that specialty is. Apply to a couple different ones and see which one that you get picked for and go from there and go with that's exactly what I did. I did not know I wanted to be a cardiac nurse, let alone in electrophysiology. Like I had no idea what that even was.
1: And once I got into it, I loved it. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the selfie show, you guys. It is fun Friday. Many of you know this. I have dubbed July and August self-care months, and this nurse just needs a minute, you know? I just... I want a refresher. I need to take a step back and really do something for myself. So I did something that I have never done, and I treated myself to a micro needling session with my girlfriend, Ari. So for many of you who have listened back, Ari came on for episode number 19, and she is a cosmetic nurse, also a cardiac nurse, and she does all things Aesthetic nursing here in LA. And I'm talking Botox, lasers, fillers, all the fun stuff, right? And I just really wanted to treat myself to this. So, long story short, my face looks very red. But what I'm getting at is it felt good to do something for myself, and obviously, we're not really able to do all the things that we want to right now. I would love to get a massage. I would love to do my acupuncture. However, that's really not the case right now. We really can't do that, So, but I was able to go do this for myself and visit with a girlfriend of mine, Ari, and it was really fun, and what I'm getting at is it is really important to replenish yourself as a healthcare provider, and I'm not just talking nurses. I'm talking everyone in healthcare. And what better person to bring on to talk about this than Miss Lacey Megan, the OG nurse mentor. You guys, I've known Lacey here in this space on Instagram for years now. I want to say back to 2017, 2018, when I originally got into this space and really was intentional with the Instagram Creating and curating my blog, and then of course, now the podcast. So, I've known her for quite a long time, and today I feel like so many people can get something out of this episode, and I'm talking all walks of healthcare. Not only are we going to be talking about her new nurse mentorship program and of course nursing, but we're also going to be deep diving into things like hormone cycle optimization. We're going to be talking about balancing things as a mom, a nurse, an entrepreneur, happiness audits, and really finding the confidence to create a life you love and to really check in with yourself battling that anxiety, self doubt and really creating the tools for yourself to curate a life you love. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, Miss Lace. So I'm super fascinated by people's journeys. And so I really want to dive into the girl behind the account here. So for people who may not know you, can you give a little background about yourself and your nursing career and all that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started my nursing career as a second career. I was a teacher before I decided to go into nursing, and I taught um, at a public school in Newark, New Jersey, Um, and that was a really, really trying experience, and it also made me realize that I did not want to be a teacher. I wanted to work in the sciences, and I wanted to help people, but not through teaching. I just thought teaching was so, so challenging. So if there's any teachers on here or any past
1: teachers yeah. on here,
0: we heart comes out to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is definitely yeah. something you have to be passionate about. It, it is. is hard. Um, so yeah, I did that for a couple of years. And then I went into an accelerated BSN program in New Jersey. And um, got my first job on a cardiac unit in New Jersey once again, and I keep saying New Jersey because I'm not from here. I moved here to teach, um, and swore I was never gonna stay. And then I met my husband here, and kind of got stuck. And then my career took off here, and so I'm I'm here for for a while, I think. <laughs> so
1: that's a so, little bit of my story. Well, it's kind of fun to hear just like how people end up doing things, and so I love posing this question because I feel like this is something I'm really fascinated with. Do Do you feel like you were always good in school? Like, what were you, you know, where were you at with this?
0: Yeah, so no. And I actually talk about this a lot um, because I have a lot of nursing students that I work with behind the scenes and and talk to in the inbox and in email. And I actually was really bad at comprehending things for a really long time. I still am. I still struggle with it. Like, I just, yeah, and we don't talk about that enough.
1: Totally. We don't. I feel the same. Like, I feel like for me, school was a real big struggle. Um, I'm much more of a tactile learner, but still, it's hard for me to grasp some things. Oh, for sure.
0: I had to learn very quickly that I am very visual. I need a story to go along with everything. Um, And Actually, fun fact, I never memorized anything in nursing school. I never memorized any, like, people always ask me, how did you pass farm? And I didn't do flashcards. I made stories for all of my medication classes and remembered each and every medication through a different patient story that I made up.
1: I love creative ways of learning. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it just goes to show you don't have to be the smartest person in the room to be a successful nurse. And a lot of times we, we say, like, oh,
1: my gosh, nursing school is so hard. and No, but you can be strategic in how you learn and things like that. Where did you attend school? Can you get specifics about your journey? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up going to um, Rutgers
0: in Newark, New Jersey. And um, I did their 15-month program for BSN. It was insane. Yes, it was wild. But it was a really good experience. I learned a lot about my learning style and a a lot about myself and a lot about the fact that I really like hands-on and nursing is totally that and nursing school should be that. And that's why I think I succeeded in that 15 month program, um, but I will say, and I know this is something that people are always interested in, like how did you get in and did you apply to a bunch of places? And I did apply to a bunch of places, but to be honest, I can't remember if I got in or if I didn't um, because I knew that I needed to be in at Rutgers um, for where I was in my life and like location wise, financially. Um, and what ended up happening is nursing cast, which I think, everyone in the united states or not everyone but a lot of the nursing schools require you to fill out an application through nursing cast and then they send it to your
1: nursing school have you heard of that no but i think it's really interesting to to learn about cuz there's so many different ways right so i think that's...
0: yeah so that's the only way that i knew how to apply it was through nursing cast so um They, yeah, they took basically all of your information for your applications and they forwarded it to the schools. Well, something happened between the communication of Nursing CAS and my nursing school, and I was supposed to find out, I think it was like in the end of May, if I got into nursing school or not, and I never found out one way or the other. So I started calling and I made 36 phone calls to... Yes to their admissions office. Wow.
1: I was insane. They would call me like, Hey <laughs> oh Lacey, what's up today? Like <laughs> it was it was wild. That's very similar to my story. So I applied three and a half times to U of A. And the last time, I think it was, I um had my interview and I went I physically went into the office probably like I don't know, 10 to 15 times to check up on my application. And by the time they knew, like kind of similar, like they knew my name and they're like, hi, Tori, what's up? And I'm like, hey, guys. Like I'm literally like (laughs) knocking on the door, like let me in, you know, so I feel that.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And I believe his name was Scott, the admissions counselor. Um, The day that he like started doing some digging for me was on that 36th phone call. And he told me they didn't get my application. And I told him my situation. I know he probably didn't really care all that much or want to hear it, but basically nursing school was the last – my last step. That's the only place that I could go or I had to move back to Virginia and start a job and figure all of that out because I had already quit um, teaching. And he said, okay, we're going to look at your application. You've been so persistent. Because you've been persistent, I'm going to call a, an emergency meeting of the admissions council. And then I found out that day I got in and it was awesome. So I tell people that story because you have to be persistent in in reaching your dreams and your goals and you can't let other people slam the door on you. Um, and I think that's really important. Even when you're looking for your job, like find the back door into where you want to be because there there is a way to get there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, especially nowadays, it's, you know, it's so competitive and, you know, you want to find the edge. And I, I talk about this a lot as well. Like if it's something that you truly love and you really believe in, you just really have to go. And if you're like you and I probably similar where you struggle to get in, you just have to go the extra mile. And it's worth it. It's worth it in the end. So when fast forward, you know, you got through nursing school. Can you talk about your uh, background as a nurse and, you know, a little bit more about your journey?
0: I... Finished nursing school, and before I got into nursing school, my first semester, actually, I thought I wanted to do OB. I thought I wanted to be, like, a midwife or something, and starting clinicals, I very quickly realized I had no desire to to work in OB, and I think it's just because I wanted to do... I wanted to see all different types of patients, and not that you don't see that in OB. I just knew that 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 wasn't – I wanted to see really sick patients, and you don't always see that most of the time. Hopefully, you're not seeing that in OB when I left nursing school, I didn't really have an idea of exactly what specialty I wanted to go into. So I applied to two different hospitals, to a couple different um, residency programs that they had running for new grads, like their new grad residency program. Um, And I ended up taking a position on a cardiac unit, which specialized in electrophysiology, which Guys, if you're a new nurse right now and you don't know what that is, I had no idea until like two weeks into my orientation. <laughs> like, I had no idea. So, if in case you're still like wondering what that is, it is uh, electrophysiology, they really study the electrical pathways of the heart. So, you deal with a lot of patients that have arrhythmias or dysrhythmias, so like AFib or um, VTAC or VFib. I hopefully they don't have VFib, but anybody that might need a defibrillator. I also worked with a lot of patients that needed cardiac caths or ablations for their AFib or SVT. Um, and yeah, I got really well versed in that. And I worked there for, for three years. I did two years on night shift and I loved every second of working on cardiac care.
1: It's super interesting, because that was definitely a, a, is a love of mine. I love cardiac. I think it's super interesting. It's also really nerve wracking, because if something goes wrong, it's like your airway doesn't always save you, which is crazy, you know, And especially in peds world. It's it's super interesting. I love that. What did your early career days look like? Can we talk about maybe like the ups and downs of it going a little micro into that? Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I
0: want to start, I think, with talking a little bit about nursing school and how that impacted my experience as a new nurse. Because I had picked up some things in nursing school. As you guys know, nursing school is really stressful if you let it be really stressful. Um, And it can become super overwhelming. And so I had to figure out really quickly for myself, how was I going to to make this work. Because not only had I gotten into this program, I knew this was a career I wanted to make work. And I didn't want to be super stressed out. I didn't want to not feel good about what I was doing. So I started developing little mindset habits that I would do every single day to kind of help me feel better about where I was going and more in control of what I was doing every single day. And I started doing that in nursing school. And then once nursing school was over, I stopped And I went into orientation, and the first um, three weeks or so on the unit, I was kind of miserable. I was not sleeping. I was so anxious to go in. I was terrified that I would make a huge mistake. Um, I remember going back to the unit at 4 a.m. the next day because I thought that I had given my patient too much blood, and I was going to send them into heart failure, and um, it was that day that that happened and the doctor came in and was like, no, you're fine. Like I knew what I was doing, so we're good. Um, it was that day that I realized I needed to go back to some of the habits that I had developed in nursing school. And once I started doing that, it was kind of incredible how my experience changed as a nurse. And by the time I got off orientation, I felt really confident in what I was doing as a you know as a new grad nurse and as an independent nurse that wanted to really have that autonomy to just
1: work with my patients i think it's super interesting because we don't talk about this a lot the whole idea of anxiety i mean for me um starting as a nurse i can really relate to everything you're saying where you i would literally wake up in sweats like feeling um this overwhelming anxiety of did i give too much of this did i not pay attention to a lab? Did I forget to get you know, like you just I would like or I would wake up feeling I literally remember this happened twice to me where I had a nightmare that I forgot to give a baby a med, you know, and like to me, it's just one of those things where we don't talk about that a lot where this sort of anxiety driving feeling when you're caring for someone, it can be really hard when you feel like, you know, you want to be perfect and you want to be the best nurse and it it does. It causes a lot of anxiety in the beginning. I will say this. um, I mean, for me, it's taken years to get past that to the point where now I'm like, you know, I watch the new nurses and I'm like, oh, this too shall pass, I promise. But you know, it's still I do think it's always good to have a little, you know, edge on you where you're not so comfortable that you're kind of on your toes a little bit. But it does get a little easier.
0: Oh, Oh, absolutely. And I think Um, we put a lot of pressure on our new grads to be perfect and to know everything. And that's just so unrealistic that you would know anything, especially in an ICU setting like you were in, you are, there's so much, you know, nothing nursing school did not prepare you for that. You are not meant to know everything. And I think part of it is new grads come into this space as a nurse and they think they should know things that they are not required to know yet. Um, And I I totally agree. I think the most dangerous type of new nurse is somebody who thinks that they do know it all. So there's a... Overconfident. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's a fine line between that anxiety and, you know, the healthy type of anxiety that keeps you on your toes versus the I can't sleep or eat outside of work anxiety Um, that makes you question whether or not you even went into the right career. So there's a fine fine balance between the two and figuring out, you know, what's healthy and safe and what's not. So sort of
1: along that bloodline, what would you say is your favorite part or hardest part of being a nurse? Yeah, I think my favorite part of being a
0: nurse, especially since I have that experience of being in another career, is the autonomy that you have. Um, I would say especially in the setting that I was in. We were really trusted as nurses by the physicians, by the patients, by our managers. So we had a lot of autonomy to speak up and advocate and do things for our patients that, you know, most other professions, you don't have that. And I really enjoyed that autonomy. Um, I think the thing that I like least in nursing in general um, that I've seen, and not necessarily exactly from my experience, but that I've seen through other nurses that I've worked with is the lack of support um, for the profession. And, you know, it's just, it's really sad to see new nurses that have the potential to be so amazing. And then they're not given the support they need. Um,
1: and I would say, especially now, like with COVID and with this pandemic, I would say, you know, I, there's two different hostels that I work at, right. And one has a really great residency new grad program. And I do feel like for the most part, the nurses are really supported. But then, you know, I've seen other places where that's definitely not the case. And it does make me worried for the nurses coming in. I think this is going to be a whole new level of anxiety, which is very validated. Um, Absolutely. So I do think that's something that for us that are in our settings to be aware of and to help the nurses that are coming in. I think that's a really, really great point. Um, something else that just came to mind that I have had a lot of questions about recently. So I got a lot of questions about going into NICU. And like, did I know? Um, What are your thoughts on and I've heard a lot of recent talk from new grads where professors are still kind of in the mindset of you need to work med surge first. Can you speak to this a little bit? Because I do think this is really important for a lot of new grads or Upcoming nurses to hear.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, and from my experience and from what I have seen with the hundreds of new nurses that I've worked with, that if you want to be a med surge nurse, go into med surge. If you want to be an OB nurse, go into OB. Yes. Yeah, I cannot stress that enough. And I think that is just such a um, an old way of viewing things. And it kind of falls in line with the nurses eat your young mentality as well. of Like, oh, you have to prove yourself in this setting before you can go somewhere that will actually make you happy. Um, And that like we don't fall for that in this generation anymore. No, we don't. And yeah. That's that's the beauty of living in today as a nurse today is that you don't have to be miserable in order to be happy. And I think, you know, not to say that every seasoned nurse thinks that way or that they're totally wrong. I mean, that was their experience, Right. And that's what they had to go through. And to some extent, that might kind of bother them. But you don't have to do that um, as a new nurse in, in today's world. And I think just recognizing that and kind of taking everybody's opinions with a grain of salt. It's, kind of, it's like everybody has an opinion. And what I say to people that are asking like 40 different nurses for their opinions is to stop doing that and kind of go within and listen to what do you want? Do do you want to work in a specialty? Maybe you don't even know what that specialty is. Apply to a couple different ones and see which one that you get picked for and go from there. Yep. Um, that's what I did. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just mm-hmm. – and go with – that's exactly what I did. I did not know I wanted to be a cardiac nurse, let alone in electrophysiology. Like I had no idea what that even was. And once I
1: got into it, I loved it. I'm a big advocate for that too. I uh, we've got I've gotten this question a lot more lately, but it is funny. That's so you bring out a lot of really great points about this. I do think it's sort of maybe that kind of quote unquote old school mentality. And um, something else that I like to tell nurses too is, you know, the whole point of these new grad programs, the versant programs that were have been created, has really been to groom nurses into those units early, right? So like ICU, I think a lot of hospitals were seeing this gap of, you know, nurses were not coming in well prepared anyways. So it's interesting, because I actually do think a lot of these hospitals kind of want to teach you in your unit early on, they want to bring you in. And so I think the whole which is funny, because I literally was talking to a nurse this week that one of her professors was telling her, you know, you should really consider working med search first because and I'm like, no, no, like, don't let anyone and I love this too, that you brought on is, you know, everyone's got an opinion, take it with a grain of salt. You know, if that's an area, Area, like you said that you want to go into do it but you know i had a lot of p- naysayers when i initially started travel nursing about well you don't know where are going to go you know and my my hospital at the time was not so friendly to travel nurses and so you know had i listened to people i may not have ever done it and here i am i've learned about so many hospital organizations i've done so much so i do think that's another good point of you know take opinions with a grain of salt um everyone's got one i have my own so you know you kind of like become your own guru and like your journey will sort of unravel the way you want to just follow kind of what you feel like your gut feeling is telling you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what I find too with a lot of nurses in this predicament where they're having to, to decide where to go is they want to control it all and they want to figure out their next step and, and just have that control, let go of that control a little bit. And also you were mentioning about the the NICUs and the ICU settings and critical care settings wanting to hire straight into their you know, their units. Well, this is totally valid and totally true because this is, again, from my experience and what I've talked to um, nurse recruiters about. They don't necessarily want to hire somebody that already has a ton of an experience in another setting that can bring bad habits into that setting. They want to teach you and mold you from the beginning. Now, with that being said, I think that you really have to know what type of person you are and what type of nurse you are. Are you trying to get into these critical care settings because? you want to be a badass or are you getting into these critical care settings because you really ha- want to have an impact like is it just for the name is it just for the um the accolades or is it because it's something you're actually passionate about because you will be able to tell very quickly the difference between the two um and I, and I see a, I see a lot of that and knowing and maybe you can talk to this as well but Knowing what kind of learner you are I think helps a lot because I've met nurses that do much better on a step-down unit first and then move into an ICU setting after they've mastered that step-down unit for, you know,
1: six months to a year or so. so That is a good point. That is a good point. Some people learn a little bit better that way. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that comment. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like something else that you touched on was the whole idea of the accolades, because I do feel like here in the nurse world, we're sort of in this rat race, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you and I have talked a lot about that. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I agree, you know, that idea of, well, you need to do this, or, you know, kind of keeping up with the Joneses, the person next to you, like, well, they're doing that. So I should do that. Right. Um, I do. I'm here for the conversation. where actually, you know, you just need to do you boo. Don't feel that you need to do X, Y, and Z just because the person next to you is doing it. Um, I've really battled those feelings. I know you have as well, where we're just, you know, you feel like you need to do something. And you know, I've shifted a lot of my thinking and the way that I, my career is going. And you know, we—I feel like I really like that conversation of you know finding the happiness in your life and what you want to do, and that includes your career and the choices that you make. So, just being really mindful of that, I think, is really important. Um, and like you said, finding your the way you learn. I mean, I am. And I've learned this actually, ironically, through school. Um, I'm a super visual learner. Like, I do not understand things. Like, you could talk at me all day or, you know, you know, through, like, the auditory of a PowerPoint or whatever. It does not help me. Like, I actually I have to physically see something so much like you. I think it's really interesting, like, making stories. Like, that actually would help me. That would help me a lot. And so, I do think finding the way that you learn is important, and understanding yourself, and what are your thresholds, I think that's a really, really good thing to highlight. Absolutely. And sort of moving forward, because this is why I'm so excited to bring you on today. Okay, so you, essentially, when I first met you here in this space, it was a few years ago now, I think I found you through Guyana, actually. Oh, awesome, yeah. Because Guyana and I met each other, and then I figured out that you guys were friends, and... I w- was watching you start to like, take off with this amazing, I would say, OG nurse mentorship program. I would say you were the first one that I really saw. And I just I fell in love with it. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. So can you talk about like where this began? And you know, the beginnings of this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, after my
0: first six months or so of nursing, after orientation, and once I'd been on my own for a couple months, I started posting on Instagram, just about my nursing journey, just, you know, hey, like, this is what I'm doing today, or this is what I'm struggling with, or this is what I overcame and and just sharing my journey. And I started getting this influx of questions from new nurses that were at the same place that I was, or maybe a little bit younger in their nursing career, or student nurses that were getting ready to graduate, just asking me, like, how did you get to where you are right now? How did you know what specialty? How did you get, you know, from, you know, Orientation to where you are no longer super anxious and no longer losing sleep, and how did you get to where you are, basically? And because of this influx of questions, I was like, "Huh, I think I have some people I could could guide here, help here." So the first thing that I started was actually a nurse journal. It's called the Empower Ninety Journal, and it's um, based off of what I was telling you guys earlier. Actually, what I was telling you earlier about the mindset shifts that I have started doing in nursing school, I put them into basically a journal with little prompts that you follow every single day. And I started with that, um, with no mentorship. And then I realized people needed more. They needed some more support. They were in these awesome residency programs at these level one trauma hospitals that are like Absolutely amazing and well known and, and magnet hospitals and their magnet hospitals because they have these residency programs. Yet these nurses are leaving the bedside before a year or two of being being a nurse because they're freaking miserable. And I really found that it's because they're not supported. And in that transition between being a student and being a nurse, so I took what I had learned um, from a lot of my you know, the people that I I was talking to in the DMs, a lot of my followers and from my experience as a new nurse. And I developed a mentorship program over the last year or so um, with the help of a lot of people and, and just a lot of really going deep within myself and understanding why I was able to see success as a nurse. And now I help new grads with that transition from student to nurse because I have this philosophy and this thought that How do you know if you're not meant to be a nurse if you've never been confident on your unit? Because to me, if you've you've never had one day without anxiety on your unit because you lack that confidence that you haven't yet gained, how do you know if you really hate nursing or if it's just because you don't feel good because you don't know what you need to know for that shift? Um, So I really – I help people find clarity as well in determining like do I need to leave the profession? Do I need to leave bedside? Do I need to change my specialty? Because I think that's really important. We didn't spend all this time to become nurses to just quit because our first year we weren't supported. Yeah. So that's – 100%. I agree. That's kind of where it was born from.
1: I feel like – You know um on the flip side i felt i did feel supported but i will say you know that is something you know in the beginning is really really important and for those nurses who don't have that support i think what you're offering is super unique and i love what you're doing i mean your your website your blog your instagram and your podcast they're amazing how did you create this or like can you get behind the process of like how this all started Okay, no secret here, I'm obsessed with life hacks, especially when it comes to skincare and wellness products. Especially during this pandemic, when wearing a mask at the bedside for 12 solid hours has my skin a certain way, and we're dealing with all this stress, I'm looking for ways to optimize my skin and nutrition because what goes inside your body truly matters. So let me tell you guys about my latest favorite hum as a starting point hum has been featured on forbes vogue allure well and good mind body green but i really want to tell you why i like hum so hum is a nutrition supplement line and it offers a combo of potent clean and clinically proven ingredients designed for specific goals such as clear skin improved sleep hair growth, balanced mood, and overall, a healthier body starting from the inside out. So let me tell you about what really sold me on these products. Being in the healthcare field, this was actually really important to me. These products and the recommendations are made from registered dietitians. So let me take you through it. You go on their website and you take a three minute quick evaluation. It goes through your diet, your moods, your workout styles, general health, skin concerns, beauty goals, and then it formulates suggested hum products to help you fill those gaps. Not to mention a registered dietitian is also available to answer questions for ongoing support and hum only uses all natural clinically proven ingredients that are highly absorbable, non GMO and free of common allergens such as gluten, soy and shellfish. Of course, I had to try the products first and one of the recommendations that I absolutely love right now is called Collagen Love. So this supports skin elasticity and firmness. It helps minimize appearance of fine lines with collagen peptides, hyaluronic acid and vitamin C packed all in this amazing supplement. Another one that I've been taking is for my skin specifically because I've been breaking out quite a bit from wearing that mask at the bedside is the Skin Squad Pre and Probiotic. So this. Contains nine ultra targeted strains of good bacteria to help balance the gut. Hum has been formulated by experts. It is clean and natural, rigorously tested, and provides real results for your mind, body, and mood. And guess what? I have something super awesome for all the selfie podcast listeners. Hum is offering you 20% off of your first order of $29 or more with code SELFIE, C E L L F I E. Not to mention the fact that I am a freak for efficiency. I need things delivered to my home. So Hum offers a fabulous flexible subscription where they deliver your super cute chicly packaged supplements right to your doorstep. So if you guys want to give Hum a try, head over to humnutrition.com, fill out their quiz and use code Selfie, C-E-L-L-F-I-E at checkout for your 20% off. All right, you guys, let's head back to the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I actually started posting on my Instagram and so started kind of gaining traction with a following like five years ago while I was in nursing school because I started working a lot on my health and fitness. And I was sharing my health and fitness journey as a nursing student. And then it transitioned into what it is today of helping new nurses with their experience. Um So I really started there and I really just listened to what other people needed and what I felt I could help with. And that's where my passion evolved with all of this. I never was like, oh, I see this problem. I'm just going to go fix it. I really listened to and watched what are the the biggest problems that people are, are coming to me with. And I don't mean like five people. I had hundreds of people over the last three years message me the same exact messages, which is why I've been able to create a solution to a problem in some sense. So yeah, that's kind of how it started.
1: I remember early on seeing a lot of that, you know, and hearing your message. And um, You know, and I feel like what's interesting why I wanted to kind of tap into this a little bit is, you know, you did a really good job of finding your audience. And I think you've done a really good job of finding the solution for your audience. And, you know, you've done that all here on social media. And it's interesting because I feel like in the medical field, we're really not good with, first of all, that whole concept, but also the idea of self-promotion, right? Like I think that's something that's like a little foreign to us. We're still, a lot of us are still new to the social media space compared to like, let's say like mommy bloggers and home bloggers and all that thing. Like this is still kind of, I mean, I've seen you here for three or four years now, but you know, relatively speaking. So can you speak to this a little bit about the whole idea of like health? care and moving into this space and self-promotion and things like that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It is kind of weird <laughs> because yeah. we we didn't go to school for marketing or business or, you know, I don't have any background in that. Literally everything that I have learned from that perspective has been from watching other successful people um, or from figuring it out really on my own. If I want to understand a platform or understand how to, you know, market myself, i have to look at what other people are doing and how successful they are. But one piece that's really important to me is that I am not I'm not trying to sell people on something. My mission is truly to help new nurses with that transition. So everything that I talk about Is about that. I'm here to serve and to make an impact, not necessarily to make an income. And I think that's the biggest difference between somebody who is selling and somebody that's kind of in our space just trying to, you know, provide guidance and support Um, based off of my experience and the success of the people that I've worked with. Because I just think it's really important to take these experiences from all of these other nurses and use them in a way where we can impact one another and we can determine our clarity and our nursing journey and our nursing careers.
1: So, um, and I know this is kind of maybe a little bit more of an obvious question, but who are you trying to target? Who's your audience?
0: Yeah. So my audience is really that new nurse within their first six months to a year on the job. So I don't necessarily want to, you know, work directly with the new grad that doesn't yet have a a job. And that's not because I don't want to help you. Of course I want to help you. But once you're on the job, I can help you find so much more clarity and understanding and your confidence versus helping you actually find the job. Um, So that's really my target audience. That's really the people that I'm able to help the best and help grow the best and guide the best are the people that already have a position, that are brand new to that position um, and don't feel that they have the support that they need. So like you said, you had a great support system when you first started out, which I'm so thankful and happy that you did. Um, there are some people that come to me that feel like they do have a great support system, but feel like they need a little bit more guidance. Or maybe they, they don't necessarily want to tell their mentor or their preceptor something in fear of retaliation or in fear you know, so it's really nice that I'm not affiliated with your hospital. And I keep it that way.
1: And that's a very real thing. I hate saying that. But nurse retaliation or, you know, nurses can be tough. Yeah, we can be nurses, we can be really tough on each other. So that's a really interesting niche. And I, it's funny, because I talked to, um, we brought on Amanda, um, a couple episodes back, the nurse resume expert, and she really niched down on her audience as well, which is I think a really interesting aspect, and I think it's important to understand, you know, who you're trying to reach and the purpose of that. And I think you you've really nailed that down. So when a nurse comes to you or someone comes to you, can you get specific into your program and like what you offer them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the program
0: is really based on, you know, what it is that you need in your nurse life as a new grad. Um, So there's three main phases of the program. It is 10 weeks long that we spend together and it's, it's kind of intensive, as as I would like to put it, um, because you do have to to do the work and I'm here for you and I run with you. So if you want to feel better about your life, both within your career and outside of it, you have to be willing to to kind of put the work in with me, but it's not crazy. So there's three main main phases that we focus on. So the first phase is really your core confidence building and mindset shifts because I find that every single person has to start with a stronger foundation of their mindset. And if you don't start there, it can be really, really challenging to grow up or to grow out in any way. Like you need to know and kind of strip yourself down to who you really are and how you view the world and then decide how you need to change that so that you can see things either differently or better, more positive. Um, So we really start there and we we dig pretty deep into who you are. Um, and, and how you focus on things, and how you've been conditioned to think about things and experiences, because that matters. Some people, the different, most of the time, Difference between a new grad that is successful and a new grad that is not has nothing to do with their skill level and has nothing to do with how smart they are. It has everything to do about what they think about themselves. And so if you are thinking negatively about yourself, you are going to have a harder time being successful. And that's why that part is so important to me. So we really dig deep and we start there. um, And I teach small tips that you can do every single day in the moment to help build your confidence very slowly but surely, because it's not something that you're going to wake up in 24 hours and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so confident and independent. It takes work and it takes time, um, but it doesn't have to be crazy. So that's the first phase. The second phase is we really go into nursing skills, and I'm actually so excited about this phase because we are diving even deeper into um nursing and healthcare disparities and some inequalities that we've been seeing. And this has been something that I've been excited to do, but I didn't feel like I totally knew how to do that Um, as a white nurse. And I'll just be totally transparent there. This is something that I don't shy away from talking about because I think it's really, really important that we do. So in, in this phase, I've actually... Half of this phase is from me, and then the other half is from a partner. Um, Her name is Aisha. She is the CRNA. I love her. We had her on. Yes. She's she's amazing. We actually went to um, the same – for our, for our very first degrees, we went to the same college in Virginia. And I love her. She's amazing. But she actually developed a, a training for nurses, no matter what phase they're at in understanding um, how their ethnicity and their race plays a role in how they are a nurse. So we're going to be talking about that. And also we focus on nursing skills. So what are the mindset that mindsets that you need to develop and that you need to have in order to master those skills, no matter what. Um, and I always say, I always bring up the the example of putting in an IV because it's the easiest one, you know, the step-by-step and what to do to put in an IV, right? You know how to do that, but do you have the mindset for walking into the room to say, I am going to be successful at making this happen. And that's kind of the mindset that I help you develop. Um, in that second phase because I just think that's so important. It doesn't matter if you do it or not, if you feel miserable about it um, and you feel like you you sucked at it when you probably didn't. So then the last and final phase that we focus on is lifestyle because so many of us in our first year of being a nurse don't have a life outside of nursing. And I'm sure you remember that. So yes. <laughs> we, yes, we spend some time doing a time audit and a happiness audit of our lives and of what we do on the day to day. And then we just retrain ourselves to kind of switch up our schedules, switch up our, our life and our priorities so that we're making us first and being a nurse next.
1: I love that. So yeah, nursing is what you do, not who you are. And I think that's a really important aspect. It's funny, because I wish that I had had someone like you, you know, for me, three about three and a half years into my career, I had a super burnout, like beyond burnout, like I'm talking, you know, I was ready to step away from from nursing thought process. And that's when I started travel nursing to shift my mindset a lot. But it's interesting, because you talk about that. And it's, I do feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves as nurses, and on each other. And You know, I talk about this a lot and I it's probably not a popular opinion, but I actually feel like a lot of these magnet hospitals, when you come in, the expectation is, okay, you're gonna come in as a nurse, then you're gonna become a a committee member, then you're gonna be a champion of this, then you're gonna get your certification, then you're gonna get your master, then you're like it's like this like ongoing craziness, and I think it's literally driving people to this crazy burnout period you know like we're in this generation where like you said a lot of nurses are burnt out and wanting to leave before they really even started their career um and it make it's disheartening so i think having your program and maybe shifting our mindset a little bit i think it's really important to time audit yourself that's something i'm doing to myself and i didn't even realize i was doing it you know i'm making time to work out i'm you know, shifting my mindset a lot, because I did find myself getting even burned out, you know, I'm seven pushing eight years into my career and shifting a lot. And I think that's important. I think it's a good thing to really time audit, I'm doing a little more meditation, I'm, you know, taking the time to try and eat better and cook and, you know, curate something. And I think that's really important. Well, it makes you a better nurse, too. Yes. Yes. 100% you show up more as yourself
0: and that's what your patients need they don't need you burnt out and tired and not having done anything other than taking care of them they want to know who you are outside of nursing too and if well for the most part maybe not in the NICU but their parents do
1: (laughs) (laughs) they do our babies care (laughs) they can feel it yeah that's funny um yeah, I've, I've talked about this, too. The last thing you want is a burnt-out, tired nurse taking care of you. You want someone who's there for you mentally. Um, what would you say is the vision for your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't say that I 100% know exactly where it's going, but where I would like to see it go is um, – Maybe to even be something that I work with hospitals on um, at some point and be contracted for. But at this point, what I'm really looking to do to expand to my next level would be to have um, specialties that I work with. Because right now I take any specialty, any nurse. Even though I am of a cardiac specialty, I am able to help any specialty um, to some degree. What I think would be really cool is if I had little sub-specialties where I could work with, you know, all different types of specialties, but have them almost in like a pod with a mentor. So at some point, the nurses that I'm mentoring right now, I could see them transitioning into mentors themselves for new grads transitioning in like an ER setting or in the NICU or in the PICU um, and take on their own, their own pods of new grad nurses because... While right now my program can definitely help all different specialties, I think there is something to be said for going really deep into a specialty as well. Um, So that's kind of where I see this transitioning is into something much bigger than what it is right now. And I'm really, really excited to see that happen because I just think that we need more support. We truly need more support as new nurses and as we're transitioning and the hospital systems they're trying with their new grad residency programs, but I don't think they necessarily give us all of the support that we need as humans.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, here's the reality of it too. You know, I was the nurse who took on and precepted for years and years and years and I loved my preceptees, but I will, and they all know this. I, you know, there's a certain point when I'm exhausted, you know, and as a nurse, you know, when we're precepting our our mentees, you know, sometimes you're not always bringing your best self just because you're like, look, I just want to take care of my patient. I want to like, get through this day. I'm just exhausted today, whatever. And, you know, I understand we have an obligation, we have an obligation to bring up our nurses, but I agree with you, you know, we have you know, that sort of this like mindset of to take care of our nurses, but then sometimes we still feel like exhausted ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And so then when you have a mentor like that coming to you, I think would be really helpful to have, you know, to find a way to find your, your like niche or the way that you want to niche down as a nurse and Mm -hmm. to really dig deep is, is awesome. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to be able to offer something to new nurses so they don't feel so alone when they go home. So they don't feel like, oh, I made a med error. Now I'm the worst person ever. Nobody else ever does this,
1: you know. <laughs> Instead- We've all done oh, Yes, it. We, yeah. all done it. yes we have. Yes, And here's the thing, it, like for people who don't admit that, it's like, okay, either you haven't been a nurse long enough or you're lying. <laughs> yes, yep. Like we've all been there, okay? Absolutely. Um, So, for sort of along this line of, you know, creating and this mentorship program, do you feel like there's a best part, worst part of your social media? Like, let's go there a little bit. Yeah,
0: we can talk a little bit about that. So, social media will always have positives and negatives, always. Um, Part of that's because we can't control that, right? It's not our, I did not create Instagram. As much as I wish I did, um, it's not mine to control. Um, so, and and I'll tell you this: I had to do something called kill the news feed on my Facebook, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that plugin.
1: No. So
0: um, if you ever go into Facebook on your computer, which I used to do this a lot more of in the past, and you see the newsfeed as soon as it comes up, there's a plugin for Google Chrome so that you just don't see your newsfeed anymore. You only see like the groups or the notifications. So I love that. Oh, I love it too. I wish I could do it on my phone. And maybe you can. I don't know. But
1: um,
0: that I have really had to do because the part that I don't like about social media is some of the the negativity and the and the politics that can come into it, um, yep. And if we're constantly feeding ourselves that information, it's not always the best thing. And some of those sources just aren't accurate. And you know, it can cause a lot of. Anxiety that you just don't need to have in your life, or depression, or just really negative feelings. Um, so that piece I don't like about it, but I actually really love social media for the networking and for the lift up. But you have to be really, really intentional about what you're doing in that space, and I think that's the piece that a lot of people who are just passerbys of social media aren't. They, we aren't always. Well, and it's hard, right? Because it's like, oh, Lace, you're telling me to be intentional about something that I'm supposed to be enjoying. And yeah, I think you should be. I think you should spend some time following people that make you feel good.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very interesting shift. Okay, so I, um, I feel like you and I on this end are more on the content creation side, right? So for me, I agree with you. I think I'm very intentional now about who I follow who I'm engaging with, I love the networking, I love creating a network. But there is this, you know, you have to be really cautious, or I would say, like, put up that wall when you're starting to feel a certain way. And as you said, we are kind of in this First of all, a rat race. We're also in this time where it's very polarizing time. There's a lot of things going on. And I had, you know, I've had my mental blocks where I have, you know, I'm starting to feel a certain way and the negativity. And so I have to step away. And that's how I do it and I think that makes me um, a better person. I'm a better wife. I'm a better content creator when I'm able to stay in my own headspace. And so I agree with you. Um, I've had to, you know, and I think that's just a good thing to be aware of, to be aware of what you're consuming, how you're engaging with it. Um, You know, this is social media is still kind of a newer thing. You know, even our generation, when I went through high school, it wasn't a thing, right? I didn't have Facebook was basically a new thing when I was in college, right? It was like this brand new platform. Maybe there was a MySpace before that, but it's still relatively new. And so I think we're learning how to consume it. We're learning how to you know, have this relationship with it. And for me, um, you know, I stay in the space of where I find my inspiration, and I follow and engage with and I love being able to find content creators like you and you and I have become, you know, sort of like we have this awesome friendship now. And there's so many nurses and, and other providers that I've developed relationships with that I love. And I think that's the goodness of it, right? We want to bring goodness here. and We want to be able to be a resource. Um, but it is a love hate. Just the other day, I had someone slip into my DMs. And um, it was like nine o'clock at night. And they literally sent me 10 messages in my dms demanding for me to answer and it was one of those things where i'm like you know i i had to block the person because i was like first of all i'm here with my husband i'm watching tv i'm detuning and i don't owe you my time like i don't owe that to you and i'm okay with saying that you know i have this now you know i will always answering questions, I will always engage with my audience. I love that. But there's a certain level of you have to respect people's time. And just because we have the social media doesn't mean you have to be on all the time, you have to answer all the time, like, I want to be here for you. But you have to respect my time as well. It's a give and a take. Yeah, it's really about setting boundaries for yourself with social media, especially as people
0: who are on it all of the time to provide as much as impact as we can, we have to be able to set a boundary for ourselves. And I think it's good that yeah. you're doing that.
1: So for you, because um, I know this is, you're doing a lot, right? I mean, I feel like, what is a day in the life look <laughs> for you now? i mean, like, you're a mom, you're a wife, you've all things going for you. Like, get, let's get specific on what your day looks like. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, it's pure
1: craziness. But
0: um I don't think any two days are the same. In general, there's a couple things that are the same. So I, for those of you who are listening and don't know, at the time that we're recording this, I have a nine-month-old, and (laughs) he is just like a ball of energy right now. He is a super active nine-month-old I keep looking at other kids like are they as crazy as him I don't think so he's wild
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um it's re- so cute
0: it's really fun so so I enjoy it but basically my day starts between five and six every single morning um And usually it starts with a walk with my son, and we go out, and that's usually our quiet time to just kind of chill, relax, we take a nice long walk, and then I come home, we, you know, do our mom-son morning, and I usually don't even start really working until I put him down for his first nap around like 9.30. Um, And this is something, if you're a mom and you're listening to this and you have a lot of, you know, different things that you juggle right now. When my son naps, I don't try to fit everything in. I don't clean. I don't do my to-do list to start. Usually I shower or I meditate or I will sit down and drink a cup of coffee by myself on the couch. Um, And I actually learned that from one of my mentors because I just think it's, we don't tell each other to do that enough. We don't Um, support each other enough in just having mom time where you do a little bit of nothing um, or just do things for yourself. So I always start his nap time with doing things for myself. And then I have a babysitter that comes for when he gets up um, from his nap Three days a week she comes and that's when I really sit down and I do I do my work. I have my mentee calls with my mentor or with my mentees um, and then from there, I just focus on whatever it is that I need to work on. It, it looks a little bit different every single day. As you know, running a business from home, it's just – it is a lot and to go into all of the details would be a little overwhelming but it just dep- <laughs> it depends on
1: what I need to get done, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting, um, because I was talking to Amanda about this, um, when uh, talking more specifically about her resume, build out and things like that. Um, No one gave us a guide, a book here. Like you said, like, we weren't, we're not marketing experts, we're not business people, we're not, that wasn't like how we started. And, you know, there's this awesome new, I would say kind of like generation of nurses kind of coming out and making these amazing impacts on the world in a different way. and But it's a learning curve, right? It's like (laughs) I had no idea how to register a business. I had no idea how to, you know, create a blog. Um, I had no idea how to – a website, (laughs) right? I mean, that's a whole – you know, and then shifting to what your audience needs, it's a learning curve. You know, it's like, okay, now I have to learn how to make X, Y, and Z. So it is interesting. And I love it because, but it's creating your own little space. You can work from home, have your kid. And I just, I love that. I think it's super amazing. Thank you. And how do you, I mean, how do you balance it all? Like, yeah. So,
0: the word balance is really interesting to me because I think we think of balance and we literally think of like a picture of a balance and things being even. And I don't necessarily believe that um, that exists entirely, no matter what phase of your life that you're in. But For the moms out there, there are going to be times, especially if you are a busy entrepreneur or um, a busy nurse mom, there's going to be times where you're heavily focused on work and you're not focused on your child or on your family. And then there's going to be times where work doesn't matter and your family is all that matters. And that's kind of what I had to come to terms with is that balance is what I make it. And what I feel is right for me and my family. Um, and that's part of also what I teach my new grads is like, what does balance feel like for you? It doesn't necessarily mean that every day I get a little bit of everything. And and I think, you know, everybody's different in that. But for me, it was really finding my own flow. And so if any of you have been following my journey over the last six months, something that I've really taken on, um, and it's going to sound crazy in, in how it relates, but is cyclical mapping. And for women, and it's based on your hormones. Ooh. Oh, I love this. Go into specifics about this, please. I need to hear this. Oh, my gosh. So I'm actually really excited because it's something that I'm going to start introducing into my mentorship as well because most of the nurses that come in are women. Um And we, our society does not talk about this enough, and I'm ready to blow it up because I think it's awesome. So I, my mentor actually taught me all of this. Her name is Ashley McDonald. She's amazing. But it's all based on Flow Living um, or the book Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. And basically, you figure out how your body is working throughout one month or throughout one full cycle, whatever your cycle looks like. And you plan your life according to how you're going to feel and according to what your hormones are like. Um, And there's certain things that you really have to figure out because our society has thrown our hormones all over the place, right? Like we don't, diet that way. We don't exercise that way. We don't diet around our hormones. We don't sleep around our hormones or do activity around our hormones. So one of the things that I really had to learn was that I am not going to perform the same in exercise or in work throughout the entire month. And so you will find that half of my month, I will do hit workouts and I will do, you know, I will run really hard in the morning. And then the other half of the month, I might keep doing some hit workouts and keep doing some running, but in the afternoon. And for another part of the month, I am going to be doing yoga or mostly focused on stretching or slower exercises, weightlifting. Um, and that is something that we don't teach women. We'll say, hey, you need to do this 60-day program and it's all of the same type of workout and you're expected to perform the same all the time. And we do that in the workforce too, right? Like we tell women, you need to be able to show up every 12-hour shift exactly the same. That is so unrealistic and we just don't honor the phases that we go through as a woman, whether you're on birth control or not. You go through these phases and your hormones do fluctuate. Um, So the first part of that for me was really becoming aware and I started just tracking how I was feeling all month long. And once I became aware, I started changing my my diet first, and then my exercise. And it wasn't hard. I don't go on a diet. I'm never, you know, on a solid diet. For part of my month, I do calorie restrict. And then for another part of my month, I do eat all raw vegan. And then another part of my month, I, you know, kind of eat a little bit more heavy and carbs and meat. And so it's just something that has really changed the game for me in my life. And it's how I've been able to balance things because I plan my life according to my hormones and when I'm the best to show
1: up for certain things. And it's been really, really helpful. I'm literally obsessed with this. That's a really good point. Even just yesterday, I, posted a little bit about a workout and you know i just noticed my energy was down and that's a good point like it could be your hormones it could be you know so many things that is your circadian rhythm um i think that's a really interesting thing to tap into and to like maximize your body to its greatest potential i think is paying attention to those things i love that Um, something else that I really love and I think we don't focus enough on is, you know, really taking care of yourself the way you need to. For me, something that's really, you know, of course, quarantine has ruined everything, but I'm very much a, I love acupuncture. I love massage therapy. I love the look good, feel good. And I do think that kind of helps me mentally. Um, and I agree with you. I think slowing down, when my body is telling me to slow down, I am very much tuning into that. And I think that's interesting because I never thought about it as like more of a hormone formal thinking, but I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, well, and I actually, I heard On one of your other podcast episodes, I think it was actually an ad you were doing, but you were learning about the endocrine system or something. Yes.
1: Um, For HUM, yeah. Yeah.
0: So this plays a huge role in your endocrine system as a woman. And I just think – I've learned so much from it. Um, I highly recommend all women – really tune into their bodies and their hormones and this doesn't mean you need to go out and and have blood work drawn or anything but pay attention to how you're feeling every single day and what you're eating and you know are those correlating and is that correlating with your cycle because I can almost guarantee you it
1: is yeah it's interesting because um I've really kind of been tuning into this but it and it's something where I agree with you like you don't necessarily need to get blood work to understand your body right you can you can and to say, okay, I will say there are people out there who do really struggle with true hormonal things where you do like, you know, you need to regulate them in a medical way. Yeah. But I do agree with you that, you know, we can really do a lot and improve and heighten the maximum, like your body to the max by really understanding it a little better and getting to the root of, okay, I'm going to stay away from this um, X, Y, and Z food. Like for me, I know something that uh, Jacob and I have really moved to, which I love, is we do our plant-based milks. And I love that because I do feel better. Um, I feel a little bit lighter, you know, and, um, you know, I think really shifting and like really feeling better has helped me substantially and really understanding what you're putting in your body. I think we're we're on the forefront of that, right? But I think taking that an extra step and taking it to the hormonal level is really interesting and important. It is. It is for
0: sure. And even just learning how to eat for your hormones, guys, if you're listening to this and you're really interested in starting like today, it's really easy. It's really easy. You could literally Pinterest, you know, stick cyclic- like eating or cyclical mapping or whatever and they have all these different resources where you just start eating like sunflower seeds today Um, and it's it's really helpful and honestly the first three months that I tried it I was like oh I don't know I don't know if this is you know like I'm nervous that I'm not going to see results and or I'm not going to feel good not only did I start feeling better and believing in the process but I literally lost all my baby weight that I had been trying to lose without really doing Anything crazy or strenuous, um, but literally just listening to my body and what its needs were, and I think women just need to do that more. We have been raised in a male-driven world, and not to separate the two, but we have. It's just kind of how society, you know, runs. And now it's time for us to really sit back in our power and understand our bodies and the way that we work. And so, honestly, to your question about how do I balance it all? Well, first, I learned about my body and my mind, and that has really helped me figure out what my balance is for myself
1: and for my family. How do you recover from, like, setbacks? You know, how do you really move forward? And Yeah, so anytime something doesn't go as
0: planned, I usually sit back and I think about why. Why or what is this telling me? Um, and just, like, if you don't get a job that you've been applying for that you thought you really wanted, well, Why? there's always an opportunity in the setback. Um, And so that's how, and I haven't always viewed it like that, right? Like in the past, I would have been devastated or so upset. And I still have moments where I don't view it like that, but I always have to come back to that. Like I was told no, or this thing did not happen in the way that I wanted it to. So what does that mean? And what other door is now open because of that? Um, So that's really how I try to view any setbacks that I have within my business is just to kind of learn from it and pivot and decide where it is
1: that I need to go. And where's my open door now? Speaking to upcoming healthcare providers, what piece of advice do you have for them? Let's at specific, like three tips that you might have,
0: I think number one is to remain really open and honest with yourself. And in what you, you value what your morals are, what your ethics are, um, in understanding, you know, your patients and understanding why you're there. And if you go to a unit or if you go to, um, if you get hired for an area of nursing that you start to feel like you're not enjoying, that's okay. So, my first piece of advice would be to listen to yourself and to, to be okay with things not going exactly as you planned them to. My second thing is to not get caught up in the drama of any one unit, uh, because it's so easy to do that. I would say if, and I struggled with this a little bit at first, where I was really, I get really nervous about what other people think of me sometimes. We
1: all do. Right, yeah. and <laughs> that's easy to do. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah, for sure. So my my other piece of
0: advice would be to, whenever you have moments like that where you're really nervous about going to work because of what other people may think of you. You or if somebody's been saying something about you remember why you're going you're not going to make friends you did not and that sounds a little harsh but you didn't sign up to work on your unit to make best friends with all of the nurses there you signed up to take care of patients and just remember why you were there and go give to them um so th- those are probably my my biggest my biggest pieces of advice for oncoming healthcare providers
1: Okay. And then is there anything exciting you have coming up that you want to share with the audience? Oh my gosh. Yes. So (laughs)
0: um, the Empowered Nurse Mentorship for New Nurses launches four times a year and we are getting ready to launch again in August 17th and this will be for the fall round. So if you are... Yes. If you are a new nurse um, and you feel like you need some support, some guidance, some love, um, you need a mentor, somebody to kind of lean on during this time, we do have limited seats um, available for mentorship just so I can make sure that I'm not spreading myself too thin, but um, sign up for enrollment. You can head over to my website at the and check out all of the information there. I've put a really um, in-depth, information sheet and you can either sign up for the waitlist depending on what time that you are listening to this recording or sign up for a call so that we can hop on a call. Um, And enrollment will be open August 17th through August 27th. And then once we're full, we're full. So if you're interested, hop over there.
1: How many times a year do you do one? When do you usually open your enrollment? Yes. So four times a year. The next one will be After this fall one
0: opens, the next one will be in the winter. Okay, awesome.
1: And then before um, we head out, so do you have any resources, a podcast, a Netflix, a book that you like right now? That you would recommend.
0: Yes, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about it already, but Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti is something that I have been using for the last six months and rereading constantly. So highly recommend that book um, if you are a woman. And even if you're not and you want to understand women more,
1: check out that book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hint, hint, you guys. Guys. Yes. yes, Male. okay. (laughs) Yeah. Male men out there, do it. Yes.
0: Um, and then the journey to the heart daily meditation, if you're somebody that just needs a little bit of... Quiet time to yourself. It is a book that has little daily meditations. It's really good. Um, highly recommend that one. You can find that on Amazon or and or Headspace is my favorite meditation app. I don't know if you use that for your meditation. I love well.
1: Headspace. Uh, we just we we've been doing that actually. I find my my meditations are best at night. I like them at night, but I know they have all different. You know, I usually do like a 10 to 15 minute headspace at night and that helps so much
0: yes so i've been using it in in a bunch of different ways lately um so i use it in the mornings and then they also have courses like visualization courses so they teach you how to eventually be able to do meditation on your own which is really cool um like without the guiding and then they also have meditation runs
1: which has been very relaxing so it's fancy. Highly I that. recommend that resource. Yeah. Awesome. So before we pop off, um, give yourself a shout out. Where can everybody find you? <laughs> yes. Yes. My
0: favorite place is Instagram. You can find me at Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y Megan, M-A-G-E-N on Instagram. And shoot me a DM. If you listen to this episode, I would love to hear from you and any any little nuggets that you got from it, anything that you liked from it. I'd yes. love, to, love to hear that um, and then you can always email me at the empowered nurses at gmail.com or head to my website at the empowered nurse.org and those are like the three
1: main places that I am right now but Amazing. um
0: Yes.
1: Oh, Thank you so I'm much so for excited. having me. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming on today, Lace. Seriously, it's such a treat to get you on here. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, I really feel like you brought... I mean, I just learned, okay, cyclical um dieting and hormones. Okay, I'm about to... Yeah, y'all, we're going to go check that out right now. <laughs> Everybody get on your Pinterest. Let's go do it. Yes, it's awesome. Um, We're going to link everything down below. So all the resources you brought on today, we're going to link them in the show notes. Awesome. and thank you so much lace thank you so much for having me all right thank you so much Lacey, for coming in today you guys if you're interested in her mentorship program or her empower 90 journal swipe up i have everything linked there for you below and thank you so much you guys for being here. Words cannot even describe how thankful I am for you guys, this selfie community. And in order to continue to keep bringing you these shows, please rate and review the show. Let us know what you thought. I love hearing from you. It just it means the world to go through these rates and these reviews and your DMs and I just I love hearing from you. And as you guys know, we also started with some super cute selfie swag. So, when you leave the review, make sure to leave your Insta handle in that review, and we're going to send over some super cute stickers and a selfie badge reel featuring Selena, our selfie icon. Make sure you are following us on our Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtori.com, and make sure to check out these show notes below, you guys. There is tons of information about our guests and of course our sponsors. And thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Catch you on Tuesday.